You're listening to X-Ray FM, KXRY Portland at 91.1 FM, K296FT West Haven serving Portland at 107.1 FM, and K219KU Nehalem serving Nehalem, Manzanita, and Rockaway Beach at 91.7 FM, streaming live and archived at xray.fm. Radio is yours. And now, it's time for Blazer's Edge. Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon, a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! Batum throws to Lillard. A three for the game. NBA Draft Preview right here on X-Ray FM. I'm your host, Ryan Buchanan. The rest of the regular crew is out this week. Stan Arnold is still on tour, but we've got my good friend and our resident draft guru, Dylan Sage, filling in. Jim Fisher making his Blazers Edge radio debut as he fills in behind the scenes for the incomparable Stephen Glickman, who is on vacation. And Sage, the Nuggets are champs. They won last night. That means it's officially the off season. First item up is your NBA draft, which you are is like Christmas for you, and that's coming up next Thursday. And I know you're just chomping at the bit to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was ready to talk about NBA draft in December, so this is just more and more uh, fun to uh, talk draft with you. And I, I'm glad that you did your did your research. You got your top 15 ready to talk about. I I'm did. Excited, yeah, did a lot of homework last night. You know, I watch a lot of college basketball during the regular uh, during the regular college basketball season. It's funny you do too, but we we watch college basketball for very different reasons. I actually like college basketball. You just like scouting prospects. Yeah, you do it for the love. I do it for the draft. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's the same with baseball. Like you watch it for the love, and I watch it for gambling purposes. We we do the same thing. It's just. For way different purposes. Different outcome. But yeah, so I had to put my Dylan Sage hat on last night and watch watch these guys from a from a prospect perspective. And I gotta say there was a couple guys that really jumped off the pegs that I might have been sleeping on. And uh we won't get too far into it here, but I gotta say the one guy that I think I was kind of sleeping on, Cam Whitmore, Villanova. Okay. Cool. Cool. I <laughs> Just because Justin is a big fan, I uh, am not the biggest, but that is totally okay that you you think he's good. All right, well that'll be a debate, and he'll be coming up probably in that five to six range. At least that's what I what? think. We'll see. We'll see where you have. Obviously not that high, but we'll see. Um, 
So, okay, so there's maybe the first big debate. But one thing that's not a debate stage is the first overall pick is going to be Victor Wembanyama. We don't have to spend 10 minutes talking about how great he is. Spurs are taking him, no question. The draft starts at 2. Yep. So uh, before we actually did this uh, radio show, I looked on DraftKings for where they're thinking the draft is. Yeah. And they're thinking Brandon Miller is favored by a pretty big margin to be the second pick overall. Most of the mocks have him at two. And, you know, it, it does make sense uh, with, considering that LaMelo Ball is still under contract for another year. That's He's in the final year of his rookie deal. You imagine they're going to do whatever they can to re-sign him for the foreseeable future. And the idea in Charlotte is that you pair him with Brandon Miller and you've got a one-two punch going forward. You yeah. know, you, uh, most people seem to think that Scoot Henderson is the better actual prospect, but they're Hornets are probably going fit here because the one, literally one position they've got covered is point guard right now. I mean, if I if I was Charlotte, I think Scoot is so much better than Brandon Miller and so good, period, that I would go with the bad fit. But I absolutely can see why Charlotte wouldn't do that and go for the guy that is a worse player but a much better fit along with their system. Yeah. I, I totally... I totally see where they're going from but i just think it's a uh, wrong r- wrong viewpoint because of how highly i value scoop well if they go with brandon miller that's a benefit for the blazers because then you're getting the second best prospect at number three or mm-hmm. making a move and we've talked about all kinds of moves there's more rumors going out with the new orleans pelicans but potentially getting involved some big names getting thrown out there brandon ingram uh zion williamson we've heard all kind of names uh, you but, know the one person we haven't heard from? Who's that? That I think Griffin values way more than you value. Who's that? I don't think he's given up CJ McCollum with this trade. Right? He just doesn't value. He values CJ so much higher than. Well, the Blazers you know, are not going to trade for CJ to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what I'm reading from. Like, I, I have one New Orleans Pelican source that I trust now. Yeah. And that he's saying. First of all, the, the the potential Zion or BI trade isn't even at first base yet in terms of a trade, but uh, Blazers aren't taking a BI or Zion in any trade for Scoot Henderson, potentially. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. So we'll see if that goes anywhere. But, I mean, without question, if you keep this pick, it's Scoot Henderson, no question, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. You got to just take the – you got to take the best player available here, and then either you're you're looking to trade him, uh, or you you figure out a way to make it work. But so one, two, three, we've got a pretty good idea now. Now starting at four with the Rockets, this is where you know this is where the question marks start to come in. I've got Amen Thompson here. Yeah, it's Amen uh, Thompson. Yeah, okay, so there's no question here. Okay, I I yeah. just think this makes the most sense. You know, if there's a team that can afford to, you know, the Rockets are probably not going to be good for a while. If there's a team that can afford to take a, a risk on a, on a really high upside guy in a Men Thompson, you know, you pencil him in as your primary playmaker to play around Jalen Green and, you know, Jabari Smith. You, you don't need the big guy in, in a Jairus Walker where you've got, you know, Jabari Smith and Upren Sargoon, uh, Tari Eason. You could use some help in the backcourt. You really just need to some pieces moving forward because I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't know that they've got a whole hell of a lot right now. I know you've got, you know, I'm not sold on Jabari Smith. He certainly didn't have a very good year. Sangoon's pretty good. I'm not sold on Jalen green. If you're Houston, you just need talent at this point. 
and you've got to try to start men, building something. I think a man could really help them out because Jalen Green is a very good off-ball mover and off-ball cutter. So if you have a guy like a Men Thompson who's like the most athletic point guard ever and has the vision and passing of a LaMelo like we talked about or a Tyrese Halliburton, to, so you can be a really, really awesome transition team with Jalen Green, Amen Thompson, Jabari trailing for threes, like – I could see that happening, and I think Amen unlocks a lot of the skill set that these players have. You know, Jabari Smith is not creating his own shot. Yeah. Like he, he he put up Clay Thompson numbers in terms of like dribbles to shots in at at uh, Auburn. He he isn't going to create. So you need somebody to spoon feed these players, and I think Amen Thompson absolutely can provide everything that you're asking for from a a lead guard. You just have to nurture his shot because it's god awful. Well, and there's going to be plenty of time to nurture it in Houston, and that's why this makes a lot of sense is because they're not not going anywhere anytime soon. They can afford to kind of let him develop, let him kind of struggle because it's going to be be quite a jump going from the uh, overtime elite to uh, to the NBA, this isn't G League Ignite. This is a solid step below G League Ignite, and uh, you're talking oh. like call, Division One college basketball. That overtime elite is a solid, at least one step below that in competition level. Well, I, I mean, I'm I'm sure EYBL basketball is better than overtime elite. <laughs> We're just you just watched the Yana, the two Giannis's of that league at the same time on the same team versus you know those 14 year old kids. You know when you watch. Giannis against those Greek players, they didn't look like the same type of person. I think that's what we're looking at with outliers of a man and a sort Thompson. Yeah. And I, I believe in both of them. Okay. I'm not sold on either one of them, but I think it makes sense for the Rockets. Now let's move on to number five here. Uh, this is the Pistons who get screwed because they were hoping to have a top three pick here. And yes, they're all absolutely. of a sudden looking at five. There's still some talent available, but not the talent that they were looking at. But that being said, they got a, a new coach, Bonnie Williams. They've got a nice little core that they've started to build up. You set it backcourt, you would think, for the foreseeable future with Cunningham and with um, with Ivy. And then you've got, you know, Killian Hayes as a backup if you want him. Uh, you got a, mm-hmm. a solid center going forward in Jalen Duran. You've got some more depth at the big man position. You know, you're looking at Wiseman and, and Bagley. Who knows about those guys? Isaiah Stewart. But you're looking forward here of some of some kind, and there's two guys that really stick out for me, and I think the decision for them – I mean, the the greater need is probably small forward could because they traded Sadiq Bay, but they could certainly mm-hmm. use a Jarris Walker as well. So the question for them is going to be who they think is the better player between Jarris Walker and Cam Whitmore. Oh no, I, I would go a Soro for, uh, you know, I love Jarris Walker you're going a lot. A, you're going a Sar here. Yeah. I'm going a Sar over. Uh, both really? Of okay. So Explain. did you watch much overtime elite? Uh, very little. Okay, honest. okay. I'm glad that you're being honest here on, on this radio program. So I don't Dustin, try to pretend like I'm smarter than I am. Okay, I, <laughs> I, I like that. I like I, that a lot. I made it up in my mind that whatever I watched of Overtime Elite, I wasn't going to take it seriously, and I'm going to let the basketball minds decide if these kids are actually going to make it, but I, I certainly am skeptical. Okay, so I, I, I've watched the Massar, and I think his handle – and the way that he can create one-on-one mismatches, I think that he is big enough to play small forward. So, and he he's four on my list. So I think Asar is a much 
it, it fits that need of a small forward. He has all of the handle creation things to be a second side uh, guy when you know one of the two guards are out. I think that he has the highest ceiling and he has a very high floor with his his shooting is actually pretty good. Um, I know it's small sample size, but in the the playoffs, he shot 37% from three, um, taking eight attempts a game. So at least he's confident. The game-winning shot he took, it was pretty contested. So for me personally, I think Detroit would take Asar Thompson. Okay. Wow. I was that, I was not expecting that. Uh, yeah. I, Asar was three on my list for a long time. Because you don't like Brandon Miller. Well, yeah. Uh, Brandon would be at six for me. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But um, yeah, I I can't take a star if I'm the Pistons. I'm taking a I'm taking a Cam Whitmore or I'm taking a Jarris Walker. I think no, Walker. I think Walker Cam. is. I think Walker is the better player, but uh, uh get more complete. More complete. Cam Whitmore really jumped out to me because I I watched a little Villanova basketball, not much because they were horrible. And They're all- when I watched them, whenever I watched them, Cam Whitmore did not stand out at all. But you absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you watch his highlights. And it's explosive. Yeah, that that was the thing. He was the second Future Fridays because of his explosive plays. But for me, he's like a he's a two foot jumper, and when that happens, he, it looks like there's like rockets attached to his sneakers. Yeah. He jumps so high, but when he's off one foot, I don't feel like he's that athlete. And I think his lateral quickness has some issues. And I know that he measured out to be like six 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 seven. I just, for whatever reason, I feel like he plays smaller than that, and I, I wish, I wish Villanova had their old coach because his assist numbers are awful, like .5 assists a game. You know, Villanova develops guards to be passers. Yeah. So for me, I just, it worries me that he can get to the hoop really easily, but he cannot finish. So I have him at eight. Mine. Okay. Now, to be fair to Cam, he was on a veteran team. They weren't a they weren't a good veteran team, but he had no. that, you know that's a the Villanova. You don't just you don't just jump in as a freshman. One. It's the same kind of deal with Jarris Walker, really. When you look at Houston, where <laughs> yeah. he he was not number one on the pecking order, uh, but Jarris Walker obviously made a much bigger impact in his time at Houston than Cam did at Villanova. But yeah, I mean, it, it certainly intrigued me. I don't think I gave him enough credit, mostly because I don't think I really gave him any credit. <laughs> After watching, yeah, it. But, but then you, you watch, know, yeah, yeah, but then you watch the highlights and you can see it, and you can see why, oh, yeah. why the, you know, I'm looking at Tankathon right now. They got him going five to the to the Pistons, so you can certainly see at the athleticism he can shoot the three. He's not, you know, a lockdown three point shooter. Good defender, uh, you know, two steals a game. Uh, that's the thing about all. That, I feel like this draft class, the upper echelon, more than most, is you've got good defenders. Like a lot mm-hmm. of time, it's all these uh, all really good scores. But I'm looking. I mean, the top seven or eight guys are all two way players. Yeah, I mean the Thompson twins could be all NBA. Chairs obviously all NBA. Damn, Scoot, we've when talked we, about. Yeah, I mean Scoot, I don't think we'll ever get that honor because he is six two. But the ferociousness he plays with, and I think that makes up for his lack of size. Because if you've watched him, it's like. The desire, the burning desire of Scoot Henderson, especially defensively, is really entertaining. But you know, there's a limit to a six-two guard in yeah. this NBA. Well, I was watching more Scoot last night, and it's Scoot's got that dog in him. I mean, he's he a, absolutely yeah, does. He's a guy you you said it. You can see the fire in his eyes. That guy plays with a chip on his shoulder, 
And it's made me really fall because I was, I mean, you, we talked about it a month ago. I was completely anti taking scoot. You could not have talked me into it. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, unless you're getting a really good guy, you got to take him. So, uh, I have fallen in love with scoot Henderson. No question about it. Uh, so you've got Asar Thompson at five. Yes. It's interesting. I have him at six to the max. Yeah. Yeah. It's a much better fit with Orlando. Yes. Yeah. It, and, it's like they need him. Right. But, so do you have him? You, I think. I mean, they have Gary Harris playing shooting guard right now in major. Right. You you so clearly need a shooting guard. Awful. Yeah. And now now it's important to, uh, to note the Magic have two lottery picks. They've got six and they've got eleven. So yeah, I've got. Did a you star get, was here. it hard for you to get ten plus with like making picks? Because it it got it kind of got muddy for me yeah well like, and i didn't really want value at 11 yeah and it depends on who's at the board different teams you know you start to get some good teams that underperformed in there like the mavs and the raptors and the and the pelicans and the wizards and different teams need different mm-hmm. things but yeah i think a sar especially given that you have two picks if you're orlando i think it makes all the sense in the world to take one of the thompson twins here and the, i mean like that's ceiling value like if he hits that's Tracy McGrady. That's Vince Carter. That's an elite level player. And now at 11, you can take somebody that's more safe. Yep. And you've got guard. I mean, you've got point guards. If you look, you know, Markel Foltz, Cole Anthony, you're looking pretty good there. You mentioned there's a, there's a gaping hole at shooting guard with, with Gary mm-hmm. Harris. You've got Franz Wagner. Uh, you got Paolo. You got Wendell Carter. So you've got a pretty good front. You're, you're a pretty good team. In Orlando, you really should have been a playoff team. So you're just looking to add to it here. I'm going for for me for Orlando. I'm thinking one is more kind of a reach, and maybe one is more of a safer pick. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily a reach, just a because a star at six is certainly not a reach, but it's a it's a not a sure thing. It's a it's a guy who oh. has a really high upside. When you've got two first round picks like this, two lottery picks, almost two first uh, top ten picks, it makes all the sense in the world to take a, a really high upside guy. I, I I mean I, I like it, but but uh, you had the Pistons taking him. So who do you got going to Orlando? So it's always a difficult. I, I seem to always have Orlando, and then I screw him in when we do mock drafts. Yeah. So it's always like Nick Smith or uh, <laughs> Kaysom Wallace. It's 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 a very difficult spot because Jarris does not fit in this or any of those uh, fours. So I no, usually go, got Paulo. I go with Kaysen just because of the defense, I think. And we forgot to mention Suggs. But I, I, like, Sugg, yeah. He had a, yeah. He had a, he had a bounce back here. Kaysen Wall, wow, you're going Kaysen at six? I actually have Kaysen at like nine. I like him. But you've got him going to the – what's funny is you talked about how great Jarris Walker is all year, and we're sitting here now, pick number seven, and he's still on your board. Well, he's going to the Pacers okay. very quickly. Okay. But it's just, Jarris just – Orlando just has so many fours. Yeah. They just have so many big guys that Jarris is wouldn't be that high of a value for them to pick. Makes and sense. then I, since I screwed Orlando, they have to reach for some sort of guard. So they could go uh the guy out of Baylor who's a scorer, but Keontae? isn't yeah. yeah I've got so they him could a little go, bit later. I, I, yeah, I it, it was either Kaysen, Nick Smith, or uh Keontae, so it was they took an L regardless, so yeah. hopefully for them they could trade up a little bit higher because uh, if Asar is gone, they're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, at that point, you almost trade down, maybe. Yeah, 
Yeah. Right? You don't need six at that point. Uh, so going now, because, again, you don't need – because a lot of the next guys coming up are more your forwards, where you're talking to Jairus Walker, your Taylor Hendricks. So you don't really have the need for those guys necessarily. So going at, at seven here, so this is where you've got Jairus. Yeah, it's Indiana, right? Yes. Indiana at yeah. number seven. And this would make all, all right, the I'm sense. I'm not looking at Tankathon. I just remember these these picks. Yes. So he's going. I think Jarris is kind of the perfect guy yeah. for Indiana. I mean, they have a they have a massive hole at power forward. He fills that. He, him and Halliburton and Miles Turner could be a really nice core. And he, he's just going to play such good defense. Do the little things to help a team win. Miles Turner has never been a good rebounder, and I think Jarris Walker would help that. And I can't wait to watch the pick and rolls between him and Halliburton. Yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting. And I've got uh, for Indiana, I'm thinking the same thing. I've got whoever's available of Whitmore slash Walker at this point. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. probably, it's going to depend on what the Pistons and the Magic do. But uh, my my thinking is whoever is. Uh, of those two is available, you got to grab if you're if you're Indy at seven, and on top of that, you're getting really good value at seven. Absolutely, like I know they didn't luck out with the 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 draft lotto, but they lucked out with the teams that are ahead of them already having depth at power forward, yep. so they're at least guaranteed one of Cam Jarris or Taylor Hendricks. Yep. No question about it. So yeah, that's a that's a big boost for them because that's obviously a position of need. They took Benedict Matherin last year. You've already got Tyrese Halberton, so you're feeling pretty good about your guard position. You've got a center, and you've got Buddy who can you play. Got, you got Buddy who's still there, yeah. Uh, but you're looking. You need to beef up your uh, your threes and your fours in Indy. Okay, moving ahead to uh, number eight, the Washington Wizards. This is a weird team because, I mean, you look. They should be a lot better than they are. They've got a lot of talent on that roster, but for whatever reason, they're just not. Um, and yeah. I don't really know what to make of it here. So at, at eight, honestly, if I'm the, if I'm the Wizards right here, I'm looking to draft my point guard of the future because I'm looking, saying, you know, Monte Morris is a stopgap, right? You've obviously <laughs> got Brad Beal. I'm looking to potentially get my point guard of the future here, and I don't know that he's there <laughs> in this draft. I think there's probably two really good point guards you've got you've got scoot and you've got um a man thompson um so i'm going you mentioned case and wallace i think case and wallace would make sense here um you know five assists at kentucky strong defender not a guy who looks to score a ton or maybe roll the dice on a uh, on a guy who can't really shoot but he's pretty explosive and a good anthony. two-way player anthony black here yeah i i, I think that worked i mean Wizards kind of have the shooting to have Anthony Black be there. Yeah. Like, they got Chris Tapps. They got – well, they should have Kuzma. They have Corey Kisper. Yep. Yeah, they have shooting to Brad. make up for the deal. So, if they got Anthony Black – They could use some yeah, toughness. They could use some toughness, and that's what Anthony and Black they, brings to the table. And defense. And defense, yeah. And both the both the Case and Wallace and Anthony Black are going to make you better defensively. So I think either one of those guys makes sense there. If you're Washington, I'm going Anthony Black. Okay, you convince me. Okay. You convince me. Oh, appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I could see it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, Anthony Black is really raw, and he yeah. can, and he can't shoot. So 
you're going to be scared off by that. But yeah, I I could see that making a lot of sense. I'm because I'm not sold on Case and Wallace either. So you could you could talk me into either one if you're Washington. All right, we'll we'll, we'll do get to pick. Kate, do you think Anthony's better as a prospect than Dyson Daniels last year? No. See, I do. So. You shouldn't convince me to take him with the Washington Wizards fish pick. I should be the one convincing you that Anthony Black is worthy of it. So, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, with with his lack of shooting, it always is going to. It, it's based on who you have around him, yep. not him himself. Yeah. Because if you're if he, him on the Blazers without Dame or Ant, like what we saw at the end of the year, is the worst possible thing that could ever happen to Anthony Black. Right. So, yeah, get more. They got some shooters in, in Washington, and it makes sense. All right, let's get through 10, and then we'll take a quick break. So we're at number nine. This is the uh, this is the Utah Jazz, and I've got a couple names that you've – I think you've mentioned at least one. I think you've mentioned both of them. If you're Utah, you need a franchise pillar moving forward because right now I don't think you have one. I think, you you know, Laurie Markin had a really nice year. Uh, you picked up Colin Sexton. I'm not completely sold. You know, he he's had a, a down couple of years. He was hurt a couple of years ago. He was playing behind Mike Conley this year. Walker Kessler was a really good player, but he's not your guy. You need a guy if you're Utah here. And I'm going with uh, got a couple guys that had super have superstar potential, and you can watch it, but they've got a lot of flaws in their game too. Neither one are very efficient. I'm going with either a Nick Smith out of Arkansas, who was the number three overall recruit, or I'm going Keontae George here at Baylor, who who is I think can be a future star. He could also be a bust if he uh, because he's a volume shooter and he's he's not very efficient. But if he can develop, he, he he could be a future star here. So that's where I'm going for for Utah and a couple guys that were really high recruits, potential stars at nine. I'll take that all day. So I, I, I'm a humongous Nick Smith guy. Humongous. Um, and so he, I like he had a he had a rough year because he got hurt to start it, and then he was kind of it was a loaded rotation, so they kind of worked him into it. But when and you no watched space. him, yeah. But when you watched him, he can play, no question about yeah. it. Yeah, he, I mean, he, the high school tape is what you need to watch when you watch Nick Smith. It isn't the college tape because the college tape is just bad. Throw it out. But when you watch him at high school, it's you just see such an athlete. He, he kind of has the Tyrese Maxey, Emmanuel quickly type of weaknesses in his game where if he meets pressure directly, he has issues with it. But I feel like that is a skill that you can develop. So it, instead of worrying about the pressure, you go past it like Maxey or Emmanuel quickly. I've even said Devin Booker has that issue. So once you develop those counters, you have a huge potential of being a star. So I like the Nick Smith one. Um, also, Keontae, I, th- I think, is a very good score. I, I, Baylor just was a tough... If it didn't work, their offense was really bad, and Keontae had to take a lot of bad shots. Yeah. For me, because I know Cam is available on mine, I take him, but I really, really like the year two picks. Cam Whitmore, he Cam it could be a good fit. You think he would, do you think there's any chance he makes it to nine? I guess in my world, yes. Okay. But see. I, I, he also had him at nine is a great value. I worry about him at five. Okay. Well, uh, 10's going to be a debate. So uh, we're actually going to table that for now. We're nine picks in. We got five more or 
Yeah, five more to make in the lottery. We, we'd like to talk about a few guys else as well. Nine picks in at 30-minute mark. It's not bad. We've, we've done a lot we're worse in the past. Moving so much we're actually We're, we're moving all right, but we are going to take a very, very short break here. Uh, coming up we, after that, we will talk about the Mavs pick at 10, which is going to be a big one because this is the one that they tanked to get into, so you don't want to screw it up. That's coming up next here on Blazers Edge Radio. Support for X-Ray comes from Pizza Cat, located at 2174 West Burnside Street. Open for dine-in, takeout, and delivery on Wednesday through Saturday evenings. Naturally 11 crusts and local organic ingredients. Vegan and gluten-free options always available. Online ordering available for pickup at pizzacat.com with a K. Or delivery available through Caviar and DoorDash. Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raph, Spielman has been serving handmade boiled and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village. Support for XOFM comes from Vortex Music Magazine, a chronicle of Portland's musical Vortex, both in print and online, featuring concert photography, a live music calendar, and stories of the Portland music scene. You can receive the print mag in the mail each quarter and get swept up in the vortex at vrtxmag.com. Back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio. Uh, we're here with the NBA draft preview for 2023. Uh, and this is brought to you by New Deal Distillery, which has been located in southeast Portland since 2004. New Deal makes craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum, liqueurs, and more. Their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street, as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. More information is available, as always, at NewDealDistillery.com. We're here with uh, Dylan Sage, also of the Holy Backboard Podcast, a great resource if you're looking for, for draft content ahead of next Thursday's main event. We're going through the picks here, me and Sage. We got through nine at the Utah Jazz, and it gets real interesting at 10 sigs because the Mavs tank to get their top 10 pick mm-hmm. so you got to make it count here right <laughs> you got to make the one it thing count. you look at is shooting right like yeah. that's the one thing you look at with that like, like they they desire well, I think spacing. there's I think there's two things a you need a center too but I, I think it's such a big reach. But this so. is not the draft for that if you don't have number 1 cuz you got Victor and after that the next best center prospect is Interestingly enough, the number one recruit last year, but he ooh, didn't look like it. Derek Lively out of Duke. I've seen, uh, who is that? I think it's NBADraft.net has Derek Lively at 10. And it from a fit. I don't want to yeah. ever disrespect another uh, draft person. Yeah, I've heard this all. But time. NBA.net I, is not the. Uh, I thing still like with. NBADraft.net. I know nobody, I know it's it's gone, everybody's given up on it. I still like it. But. I, 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 I don't think you'd use 10 for a guy that has l- less usage rate in the college than well, New Orleans Noel. The only I'm, that's just me. Right. I mean you you're better off just find a free agent. I think if you're if you're looking yeah. for a center at, at 10 that's a hell of a reach because yeah, he is the next best center prospect but he's not a lottery pick. He didn't play like a lottery pick. Um so I feel t- comfortable with a, our pick at, with the Knicks if he's there. Okay, yeah, 23. That makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Um so you talk shooting. So Two names jump out for me if you're looking for shooting. One is a guy we saw, uh, a national champion, Jordan Hawkins at UConn, mm-hmm. dynamite shooter. The other is Grady Dick of Kansas. Yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I'm taking Jordan Hawkins there if it's up to me. I, f- I feel like that, uh, I, those are the two options. I agree with you 100%. Those are the two options you look at. I've got one more if you want. Now, he's not, if you wanted, because you do need more big guy help. Taylor Hendricks is still on the board. Is he on the board for me, too? Then I take Taylor Hendricks. You forgot about him? <laughs> he's yeah, still on the board. Yeah. Yeah, I take Taylor Hendricks because he's he's just as well. He's he his shooting. If you look at his he's numbers, a good shooter. Yeah. They they think he's like a six five Malik Beasley level shooter. He's six eleven and really athletic. So I would go Taylor Hendricks. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's still he's, there. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to play the 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 who's left on your board. Yeah. Yeah, and like. You know, if it was my opinion, Jairus Walker would go four regardless. But, you know, I have to think of the team as well. So Taylor Hendricks at 10 is enormous value, especially since I have him at like six or seven on my board. Yeah, no, I thought he'd have gone earlier. Um, So, yeah, so, okay, you've got Hendricks. I think Hendricks makes sense. I still like a... uh, I still like a Hawkins or a, a. I think you could use a dynamite shooter that can come in right away if you're Dallas because your championship window is now. Yeah, I th- I think that obviously Hendricks has defense and offense. Jordan Hawkins is a little small. Yeah, like I think he needs to put on muscle before he really plays big minutes. And then Grady Dick, I think his. Gosh, this is gonna sound weird. But his load time to shooting is slower than than Jordan Hawkins, so I think he would be less valuable, even though he's taller. Okay, that did, so if that it did was sound me, really I'd go weird. Hendricks, Jordan, and Grady. I dog. I <laughs> if you're talking movement shooting, you need to have a chance to set your feet. Even JJ Redick had to set his feet. Yeah, to shoot. So okay, so you got options if you're the maps. Yes. Right. Either one of those guys is a good pick. So now we go back to the magic. And now I had that. Now you I'm trying to remember who did you have the magic? I had Kaysen. You had Kaysen. Okay. I had a star uh, here. And this is where I'm going. I'm looking at a Keontae George and a Nick Smith. They're still there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm looking for a magic. I'm, I'm looking for a, a chance at a potential star here. Yeah, I'd go Nick Smith. I know I just went Case and Wallace, and this makes make zero sense. Well, but very I didn't different think Nick players. Smith was going to be here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you can get Nick Smith at eleven, that's uh, humongous value. Yeah. So yeah, I'd like that if you're if that's, you're Orlando. He was a five star recruit that just got hurt. Yeah. There's there's nothing there's nothing wrong with Nick Smith. He just had an awful college campaign. Yep. So. Like people are devaluing it, but when he, he's a he's a lead. But if he's, I, a, I also think Keontae would be good. I too. was gonna say if he's off the board, Keontae George is another nice yeah. option as a potential franchise uh, shooting guard. What you need? So I think he would. I know this team's coming up, but I think he'd do really well in Toronto. Okay, yeah, they're coming up in two picks, but we got the Thunder now, and the Thunder are set at guard. Right, they're they're feeling really good about guard. They need some size, and I know they're gonna have Chet. We think coming back. You forget about him because he missed off last year, but they need size. This is where if Hendricks is somehow slides to twelve. Oh, that's beautiful. You take the money and run beautiful. if you're OKC. Yeah. That's yeah. that's my top pick there. <clears throat> if you've got him. After that, it's a bit of a question mark because now you're talking about now you're talking about guys that you know could rise, could fall. Two more names I've got here. One's a bit safer 
Um, one's got the higher upside. Leonard Miller uh, of the G League Ignite has got mm-hmm. the higher upside. He, you know, you watch him, strong defender too. He looked, he's got a lot, you know, not a great shooter, but he's a he's a good looking prospect from the G League Ignite. And the other one, this is where I'm starting to look at uh, Chris Murray territory from Iowa. Ooh. Maybe a bit early. So but. I have Grady Dick still available. Okay. So I think if Grady buys into what OKC is doing defensively, he could be like a, a starting caliber wing for them for a very long time. It's just about the buy-in. He, he is a decent defender. I think the Grady Dick narrative of him being a bad defender the is percep- kind of but the lazy. perception is that he's a traffic cone defensively. Yeah, I don't think he is. Because I, I think that he has some skill set. Like I think athletically, he can do some side, like some help side blocks. I don't think of him as a traffic cone. I think of him as okay. He's Where like, are you on Grady Dick's He's defense? more like a guy on a chair with a broom. No, I think he like I, I think he's. <laughs> I think he. I think, neutral. I think he's all. I think he's going to try hard. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think he's good, but I think he he's an effort guy and he's a high yeah. motor guy. So I don't. I think you can. He. I think he can be passable. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think he could be neutral defender. Yeah. So that I would. I would go Grady with OKC. He. Who's the shooters on that team besides? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. They don't have any shooters, and Shays really does his best work inside. So does Josh Giddy. So does uh, Williams. J Dub. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, they could certainly use shooters, so a Grady Dick would make sense there. I don't know that a Hawkins would make sense given his sides. Uh, yeah, um, George, uh, Jet Howard maybe too. Yeah, but that's where a uh, – oh, Jet Howard. Okay, let's talk about Jet Howard because I – Okay. <sighs> Do you not like Jet Howard? I don't like Jet Howard. I don't – okay. Why? I think it's because <laughs> – I think He sucks at defense? No, no, it's more petty than that. Um <laughs> Because he's Juwan's son? Yeah. Why? Because I don't like Juwan. Shame him, listeners. Shame him. Listen, I think Juwan's done a terrible job as coach of Michigan. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Look at where they were at this year. Their offense is good. Where was Michigan? They didn't make the freaking tournament this year. Yes. I I think Juwan Howard is one of the better NCAA coaches because he runs an actual scheme instead of, hey, Jeremy Roach, we have two of the top uh, people in the class, but we want you to drive it into the hoop every time. Their offense is actually watchable, unlike Shire's Well, it didn't, uh, it didn't, didn't lead to wins. No, it didn't. So, yeah, I I don't know. I There's always so, a, there's a few guys that I just irrationally don't like in every draft class. And Jet, Jet's one of Jet them? Howard is the top of the list this year for me. Wow! But I'm okay. I'm willing to admit that it's a it's not for the right reasons. Okay, all right. At least you're willing to admit that your hate for him isn't I, I founded at all. I just I'm not crazy about him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I. Even yeah. you're laughing about the ridiculousness of your argument. No, no, no. I stand by it. I don't. I don't like Jet Howard. I don't know. Okay. Do you do you agree that he is a good shooter or a great shooter? I do not agree that he's a great shooter. I agree that he's a good shooter. And okay. He, he's got he's got really good form too. I will say that. Yes. Okay. He, so aesthetically, smooth. his shot looks great, it looks, and it goes in. It looks really good. Yeah. I just uh, 
and I used to love Juwan Howard back when he was here, but I've just got you know he was picking fights with people, and I don't know. I just I just don't like Michigan in general. I'm not a Michigan. Okay, man, so, so you're I, anti-Michigan. Yeah, I think so. I'll talk about Jet Howard as a as a player since somebody's okay. a little ridiculous. <laughs> so I think he is a very good shooter. He can relocate to different areas of the floor and shoot. His form is aesthetically very pleasing. It goes in. I think that he also has uh, playmaking upside. He he shows the ability to get open spaces and make basic reads. So if you can empower him to be a playmaker, he could be topping out at the new age Richard Lewis. Okay. Yeah. So I like Jet much more than you. We'll see. Historically, the guys I don't like turn out great. <laughs> so so Jet's got that going for him. <laughs> Historically, the guys that I don't I'm trying to remember. Tyler Hero, I didn't like it all coming out. Uh, you'll remember uh, Anthony Davis I described when he came out as the next Tyrus Thomas. Yeah, that you didn't were. work out. So my track record is not very good. So Jet Howard should be feeling pretty good that he's my guy this year because those guys always turn out to be great. Tyler Hero also has the same issues that Nick Smith has. I guess a lot of Kentucky guys have issues with defenders in their way at first before they have those those dribble moves to get them off their uh, off balance. Yeah. Now let's move on to a team that is probably going to need a point guard because uh, Fred Van Fleet declined his player option. We're talking about the Toronto Raptors. They've got a lot of wings. Um, they've got a pretty decent core, but it didn't work out. Nick Nurse paid the price for that. Um, mm-hmm. They hired a new coach. I can't remember his name. Um, <laughs> but they've got a no, new coach coming. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. Um, so I'm looking here. The three names I've got, and it's all kind of dependent on where they've already gone, but the three guys I'm looking at here, Grady Dick, Anthony Black, and Cason Wallace. Yeah. I, Depending I, on I who's available. Keontae. One of those or Keontae, you know, one of those guys is going to be available. I, I think that they need a guy that can handle the ball. So Keontae is probably the best ball handler out of the four of them, but I don't trust his passing very much, but he is the best out of what I have available. But yeah, I think that they, they might even go uh, Jalen Hood Shafino for the potential playmaking, even though I don't particularly think he is a lottery value guy, but how, how our draft is shaking out, he might be an option too, because he's taller and can and can play defense and you know how much Toronto enjoys, you know, length and versatility. Well, but uh, yeah, I think at least they did under Nick Nurse. Guys. Who knows about the new guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the GM and Well, yeah. Yeah, you know he he likes he likes long, long players. So I, I think Jalen Hutchinson in there, but I I would personally go Keontae. Okay, I don't think Keontae will still be on the board at that point. I think somebody's going to get enticed by his potential before that. Oh, definitely. Uh, okay, now the Pels on the clock, number fourteen, last pick in the lottery, and I have. I, I left it blank because at this point it's just a who who is left. Who's left? Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at this point, so I mean, who who would make the? Because you're a Pell's guy, so who would who <laughs> would be the best fit? Or are you just going purely that? Are you going purely value here? Or are you factoring in fit? I you gotta fa- you have to factor in fit. I think they need shooting. So whoever's left as okay. a shooter, Hawkins would be- might be there. Yeah, Jordan Hawkins would be great. Like his relocation skill as a shooter is he's the best re- relocation shooter in the draft. Like, what are your comps for Jordan Hawkins? 
I had Rip Hamilton. Rip Hamilton. I don't a shooter. I don't know. You can, yeah, UConn guy that runs off screens. Yeah, he's a, he's a good. You know, from what I've seen, yeah. he's a good shooter. So that's that's my comp. Is a good shooter. Okay. Pick one. Yeah, you. Dustin makes me play the comp game. So yeah. now, like, I think of players. It's like, oh, I got to think of a comp, or I'm gonna look like a jerk. So. Yeah, I hate. Uh, I'm not big on comps. I do. Too. I do. To be honest, I. I do too. But it was. It, comps when we started are, doing comps the are also fires. dangerous because they set expectations. Unrealistic for guys. expectations. Yeah. I and know. then you know we say, you know, this guy's a you know his comp is uh is Kareem. Uh, Wilk Chamberlain, Giannis, and LeBron rolled into one. If he doesn't reach, he's a bum, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I I agree with what you did, but I, I look more at skill set. Certain guys, is, certain guys lend themselves degrees. to comps. When I watch Brandon Miller, I get Kevin Durant vibes. You know, certain guys, Whoa. certain guys lend themselves to comps. But the only comp that I actually believe in, really truly, was uh, Precious Achua is Kenneth Freed. Yeah. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's a pretty good one. But that's the Thank other you. problem with comps. I inevitably go to, oh, he kind of looks like him, mm. right? That always <laughs> factors in. I feel like you're looking for a guy who it becomes more like, oh, he looks like him, so I can see him playing like him. I don't. I'm not okay. a big comps guy. Okay, we we are running out of time here. We've done the lottery. Uh, so Portland coming up at 23. Um, this is the next pick. You'll have three. You'll have 23. This is where you're looking at, at some late first-round talent. Maybe one of those guys uh, falls. But uh, let's talk about some, you know, Jet Howard is certainly in that range. G.G. Jackson, who I think is a is a poor man's Brandon Miller's. Got some of the same skill sets there. Chris Murray of Iowa, who I think is, is my kinda, number one. Yeah, he's. Yeah. I feel like he's not getting enough. You know, if, if with how much hype Keegan got, Chris is not getting. Well, what is the difference between those two players other than that? Well, the dominant. Chris man. isn't as good as a shooter. I don't think so. I think they're equally good. Well, percentage wise, Shoot. they're not. Chris's comp was that he was a better shooter coming in than Chris, uh, Keegan. Percentage wise, I mean, Keegan was a forty percent guy. Chris was like thirty-four, you know, thirty-five. It. I also think Chris had. Chris has more. Uh, Playmaking chops than his yeah. older brother. Well, I do think he had to, he had to set up his brother. I do so, think it's funny that Keegan was a bona fide top five, whereas Chris is you're looking at maybe late lottery, but more likely you know uh, playoff teams. Yeah, I, I saw him in the second round on some mocks. I I think that he at worst he's a, your seventh man, right? Yeah. No, he can play. So, and he, he's going to play defense and he's going to shoot threes and he's not going to take dumb shots. Like he's going to he's going to be a good role player. Like he he's on the like in a few years people are going to say that Chris Murray is a missing piece for a, a, a team cuz he played really tough defense and hit clutch shots. I got another guy that jumped off the page as I was doing my research that intrigues me at 23. I should say jumps off the screen because I was watching his highlights, and it's a guy I was not at all familiar with. Uh, Maxwell Lewis of Pepperdine. Yeah. All arms yeah. and legs, just a terrific scorer. You know, he can score yeah, at every level. level. I don't know anything about him defensively, full disclosure. I was just watching the the highlights. but uh, He is not the best defender in the world. That's kind of what I gather. That's probably why he's at Pepperdine. Um, which is not a bad place to be. Pepperdine was awful this year too, right? But it's never bad to be at Pepperdine. Have you ever been to Pepperdine? I have not. It's no. right on the beach. It's in Malibu. If I was his agent, which he, I would have said, uh, listen, 
stay as long as you can at Pepperdine because there's no finer place than right off the beach in Malibu playing basketball. Well, he's going to the <laughs> NBA, so but he's a guy I would definitely take at 23. I mean, just you watch as he he is a scorer and he's a he's a freaky athlete, all arms and legs, uh, springy. I mean, there's a lot to like offensively with Maxwell Lewis. I I, I like it. Ever since Terrence Shannon went back to Illinois, I was very disappointed because I I penciled him into the Blazers spot all year, but or as soon as we had the pick, that was that was Terrence Shannon. Yeah, but yeah, so, but I, I think Chris Murray is my number one guy that has like any chance of being there, yeah. just because he he fits everything a team would need, like good shooting, great defense. So Chris would be mine. Now, G-G quickly, Bryce would be cool, quickly, would be cool too. Bryce but... sends the ball. Now, quickly, in like a minute here, because I don't want to, we've only got a few minutes left. Uh, your take on Leonard Miller and where you think he will go? Shoot, I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, let's pass on that because uh, I was one. not prepared for it. Did I? Mid lotteries. Did I, know, I, just, did I just stump you on a draft question? <laughs> wow. Yes, you did. Congrats. Hey, hey, all right. I can admit when I am wrong on stuff and not prepared. I was not prepared for the Leonard Miller. All right. Good job. I gotcha. I don't think that's happened before. <laughs> you didn't even BS me on it. That's what I would have kind of, eh, you know, Leonard, he's, you know. No, because I, I, I liked gonna, it. Like, I was like a tankathon, but I was like, this takes too long and no, it's no, no. limited. I was time. watching some tape on Leonard Miller and, you know, I was, you know, he's Scoot's teammate, but he looks pretty mm. good. So I could, you know, I, he was a guy that I mentioned in with the, I could see him going lottery with it to a team. Yeah, like he, he has that high potential, but I don't, I don't feel like I would want to take him. If he's there when we're picking, I would absolutely love to have him, but I just don't think that he's going to be there when we're, I think he's going to be like 18, 19. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking Chris Murray, Maxwell Lewis, Gigi Jackson. All those names would make a lot of sense for Portland. I was thinking that you were going to ask me to talk about Bryce, too. I was like, oh, boy, I get to talk about how he sucks at defense. It doesn't pass. Yeah, Bryce, I don't know a whole lot about Bryce. Uh, you know, his numbers are obviously boy impressive. He's a that uses yeah. his body 6'6", to get... 235, <laughs> freshman mm-hmm. at Ohio State who kind of burst onto the scene. A lot like, uh, and I'm not saying he's a similar player, but it reminds you a lot of a Malachi Branham where they didn't yep. come in super hyped up and all of a sudden at midseason, you're like, who's that guy? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I don't I don't know a bunch about uh, Bryce Sensabaugh. Ditto with a guy like a Kobe Bufkin that's in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing a little yeah, bit I of like research on here this morning. Um, teammate of Jet Howard at at uh, at Michigan. You know, I don't like the Michigan guys, so I don't clearly don't like. Do you not like Kobe Michigan Bufkin. draft picks either? I don't know. I mean, not, well, they they're hit or miss. They're hit or miss. I'm thinking like Jordan Poole. Why are you anti-Michigan? Just curious. For basketball, I'm just anti-big. T- I just don't like the Big Ten. Okay. I, and I think it's mostly it's a Michigan. It could, I do like Michigan State. I don't like Michigan. I don't like Ohio State. So I will inherently not like those guys just because I don't like those two schools. I think they think that they're better than everybody else. I think they have an elevated sense of where they're at. Um, so I'm just I'm just very anti. You know, you talk about Michigan or Ohio State. I hate both of them. Okay. So that's where I'm at there. They're as bad as the SEC in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on, let's talk about the second round, Sage. Some second round gems out there. Uh, this is where you talk about some maybe more experienced players, some guys who have got some flaws in their game. 
Um, some foreign guys. Uh, Blazers will be picking at, I believe, 43. Yes, 43. Tankathon has them grabbing Kobe Brown out of Missouri. Now, there's a guy, you know, you talk about a, a, an experienced guy, uh, 6'8", 250, legitimate power forward. Kobe Brown can shoot. He, he was a good supporting player the last few years that Missouri took on a starring role this year. 20.8 rebound a game guy. I like him, um, but he's not on my list. The, the, the guys that I've got kind of penciled in as potential second-round gems, and I know I've talked about him before, uh, Deron Holmes out of Dayton. I think that this guy is a, is a hidden gem, uh, really good on his feet. He can hit the outside shot. He's been working on that throughout his college career. He's a force inside on both ends of the floor. I really like Deron Holmes, great athlete. Uh, Derek Whitehead, who had another surgery, is a guy that mm-hmm. is certainly well, lot- you know we out of him. Duke. Yeah, certainly lottery level talent. But hell, in the second round, if he's there, it's worth it. Oh yeah, because he is a guy. He was the number two recruit in the draft. Uh, uh, recruit in the uh, in he was the country in my top ten behind uh, Derek Lively, and then Nick Smith was number three. So that's a guy that is going to be is going to fall. He's obviously going to fall because of the the injury history, and he never was really. I mean, he was able. To, he was kind of like Nick Smith, where he got a slow start to the year. Although I felt like he had more of an impact than Nick Smith did at Duke. Than in Nick certain Smith games, did for at, sure. At Arkansas it depends. Um, Adama Sonogo, who I just love and I've talked about, I think I, I think he's I, I know he's only six nine, but I think it is a is a small ball five and smaller lineups. Um, I think you can do a whole hell of a lot worse. Another guy who's improved, he was a, a non shooter coming in. He's now he's a respectable three point shooter. The form is not great, but uh, just a very versatile player there. I really like Adama Sonogo in the second round. You talk about the other one. Talk about the other one. Oh, you got. I, I like Andre. Who? I like Andre from. Oh, UConn Andre as Jackson. Well. Yeah, and he's yeah. kind of their Swiss Army knife guy. Um, it, it kind yeah, of. He a, can't. He he can't shoot, but he can play yeah. defense, and he's a really good playmaker. Yeah, so I like him. Think of a uh, Herb Jones type of guy there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be good. He's probably gonna be available in the second round. Jalen Wilson, another guy like that who improved. I knew you a, loved him. He improved as a shooter, and he took on more yeah. of a leading role this year. That's probably not where he's looking at the NBA, but a good ball handler. He can shoot, an experienced player. I like Jalen Wilson, and then the other. Do you one, think he works with Chauncey's more discipline? Like, if I was trying to make Jalen look like a good player, I'd tell him grab and go. Yeah. But that's not something that the Blazers are going to do with a rookie. Right. So I think you need more creativity for him. Yeah, I would say so. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't base it off Chauncey. You got to get you got to get some talent here. I, I love Kevin McCullers. Okay. Uh, he was uh, Kansas originally from Texas Tech. Exactly. Yeah. I think that he, he he fits. There's a definite spot for a Bruce Brown on this roster. Correct. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, we spent money on Gary Payton Jr. to fill this role. Yeah. I feel like Kevin McCullers fills that role really well. Yeah. So I, 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 I'm on Andre Jackson, Kevin McCullers guy. A at, Julian at, Strother, Gonzaga. Oh, I love a little him. bit better shooter there. Okay, one more name to throw at you because we're running out of time. Amani Bates. He was an old world prospect. He flamed out at Michigan. He got arrested earlier this year, but he put up good numbers at Michigan State. Or sorry, not Michigan State. Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. <laughs> Skinny is a okay, rail. Can, Skinny right, is I a rail. Talk about but uh, <laughs> it, a lot of talent. He is probably one of the best difficult shot making prospects we've ever seen. He, j- I just don't think he hits any of the athletic 
indicators that you need to be an NBA basketball player, but he is really fun to watch offensively. I just don't think he's athletic enough or is a good enough defender or cares enough to be an NBA player, yeah. but prove me wrong. I, I really did root for Imani, so you take I a just shot don't at, think athletically. You take a you shot at him in the second round. I think it said something that he was willing to go back to school and go to Eastern Michigan instead of trying for the draft. He's trying to get better. Uh, he's a guy you're going to need to stick him in the G League unless you're, you yeah, know, yeah. Houston. And Who, you who's going to help him out? To throw him out there. Uh, yeah, there you go. So now that Portland actually has a G League team, maybe we can start to think about some of these guys. So Imani Bates, a name to to consider if he's there, you know, looking at a flyer and a guy in the second round. Although I don't, at 43, you could probably get him lower than or higher than that. I guess and just, you can buy into that late second round and scoop him up or just an undrafted guy as well. Imani Bates, certainly a guy to keep an eye on. All right, Sags, thanks so much for stopping by, buddy. When is the next Holy Backboard coming out? Um, we're planning on it. It'll definitely be out before Friday. But thank you so much for having me on, man. It was very fun talking about all these draft prospects. And uh, good luck to all the Trailblazers fans. Hopefully we get Scoot Henderson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Scoot Henderson will probably be on the board at number three, but we mentioned Portland's got three. They've got 23. They've got 43. Um, and that's coming up next Thursday night, 5 o'clock on ESPN. We will be off next week, which is why we did our draft preview one week early. We will re-air re this episode, though. As I would assume it will still be evergreen content unless they decide to move the draft up a week. But we will be back at it on Tuesday, the 27th. So no show next week, the 20th, for those listening on the podcast. We'll be back at it on the 27th to recap the draft and the start of free agency here with the, with the band back together here on Blazers Edge Radio. Flying Saucer Safari is coming up next on X-Ray FM. KXRY Portland at 91.1 and 107.1 FM. And on the coast in Nehalem, Manzanita, and Rockaway Beach at 91.7 FM. Streaming online and on demand at xray.fm. You're tuned into Flying Saucer Safari here on x-ray.fm. 
coming to you live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. from the Falcon Arts Building in Portland, Oregon. I'm DJ Barbarella. Every Tuesday, join